All the episodes you will hear on this podcast are the audio versions of the video content on the Great Light Studios YouTube channel. If you would like to watch the video version of this episode, you can find a link in the show notes. For those of you who may not know, I do rely on monthly financial supporters to continue doing everything I do through this platform. If you are blessed by the resources produced through Great Light Studios and want to help support me in continuing to do all this, then you can find information about how to in the show notes of this episode. And also, would you consider leaving a five-star review on this podcast? Positive reviews go a long way in helping to get this content pushed out to more people. With all that said, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. A few months ago, Jeff Durbin from Apologia Studios put a Facebook post out. I follow him on Facebook. And so he put out a post that referenced John chapter 6 and presented sort of a Calvinistic implications and, and, and sort of insinuations behind, I think, what, what the post was trying to say. And so I responded in a comment. I didn't really expect him to engage with it, and he didn't as far as I know. I haven't checked it for for a while, and it has been a while back when I posted. But I kind of wrote out a response just giving my take on it. And I don't think I've talked in my Calvinist Calvinism videos. I don't think I've talked about John 6 yet and something I want to do cover more. I know it's a big, it's one of the big hitters of Calvinism. And so in this video, hopefully I can keep this short and just say that I will, I do want to cover this more, but I just wanted to read that response that I gave to him in the comments so it can maybe just give you a bit of a introduction, I guess, to the way that I view this. So John 6, Jeff Durbin's post, this is, this is what he said. So he had numbers and it said one. I think he might have quoted John 6. I don't know if I have written down here the whole post, but it says one, no one can come to him. Two, unless the father draws him. Three, the one who is drawn will be raised up. So this is what my response was to his, his post there. I said, so the whole question here is who is being drawn by the father and why is it that these specific people are being drawn? John 6.45 goes on to answer this question when it says, it is written in the prophets and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the father and learn from him comes to me. So in answering this question, again, who who is being drawn to the Father? And we all agree there's people being drawn to the Father. We all agree this is saying nobody can come to Jesus. Nobody's going to be come to him unless the Father chooses to draw him. So who are these people being drawn and why are they being drawn? And I think, again, John 6.45 goes on to answer that, where, where again it says, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me, Jesus said. So everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him did come to Jesus in that time. Jesus in the Gospel of John taught over and over that a person's present response to the truth reveals the true condition of their heart in relation to God. So John 5.46 says, If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. John 8, 19, it says, you do not know me or my father, Jesus answered, if you knew me, you would know my father as well. So I think you could parallel that to John 6 and say, if you were hearing and learning from the father, you would be drawn to me as well. And again, John 5, 46, if you believe Moses, 
aka if you were hearing and learning from the Father, then you would believe me, for he wrote about me. And then John 8, 39, if you were children of Abraham, said Jesus, you would do the works of Abraham. Again, I think that's another way of saying, if you were hearing and learning from the Father, you would do the works of Abraham, which is what? You would come to me. If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. Again, if you were, so if God were your father, if you were hearing and learning from the father, you would be drawn to me. You would love me for I've come here from God. So again, I think the Jesus taught throughout John, and you even see this in the the epistles in like first John, this kind of concept that a person's present response to the truth, how a person was in the moment responding to Jesus revealed what the true condition of their heart was toward God. It's sort of like a litmus test. These Jews who claimed that they loved God, were following him, obeyed his law, were the chosen people of God, they had all these thoughts about themselves, and they'll even say things like, you know, we are Abraham's children, or we only have one father, God. So they they had this self-righteous sort of attitude about themselves, thinking that they were right, that they were they were good to go. That's what they thought of themselves with God. What Jesus indicates here, what he what he shows in this theme all throughout John is, is he's trying to get them to see that, hey, look, the way you're responding to me right now dis- demonstrates whether or not you have really been walking accurately with God. How you're responding to me demonstrates how you have been responding to the Father. You might think you've been walking with the Father. You might think you're a child of Abraham, but the fact that you are now, you know, doing the things that Abraham and Moses would not do demonstrates that you're actually, you haven't actually been listening to Abraham and Moses. You haven't actually been doing what what they've been do what they would do. You have not ultimately Again, he says, if you were children Abraham, well, Galatians says that we are all children of Abraham. I, I think it's how it works it through faith. So we're sons of Abraham through faith. So what is it that these people, these Jews, had not been doing to cause them now to, for Jesus to say, you're not children of Abraham. You do not know me or my father. You obviously don't believe Moses. And God's obviously not your father. The reason he's saying that is because, again, they're not responding correctly to him, which therefore demonstrates that they had not been believing God. They had not been believing this present or or the previous revelation and light that God had been giving them, right? Doesn't that make sense? I think that makes that makes pretty good sense. And I think, again, it's a consistent theme you see all the way throughout here. So that last one, John 842 I think really says it most clearly. When Jesus arrived on the scene, there were already those Jews who had God as their father. So think about that, right? When when Jesus showed up in Israel, he had not been there before. When he when Jesus just think about this, when Jesus wasn't around, weren't there already both Jews and Gentiles who feared the Lord and were were walking appropriately according to the light and revelation of the Old Testament, according to the law of Moses? They had they were receiving it and believing it in an appropriate God fearing way. Wouldn't you agree? Yes or no? Were the there wasn't there that sort of people around when Jesus showed up? I think. I don't know why anybody would disagree with that. Obviously, it wasn't until Jesus showed up that anybody was, you know, quote unquote, saved. People were fearing the Lord from, you know, 
for centuries before Jesus showed up. I mean, you think about examples like David. I mean, all the saints, just put in any of them, the prophets, these people who Jesus wasn't around yet, but obviously they were fearing the Lord and obeying his voice, right? They're obeying the voice of the Father as their shepherd. So I think these are the kind of people Jesus has in mind. And he's basically telling these people, hey, look, I'm here now. You're claiming that you have been walking with the Father. You're claiming that you are children of Abraham, that you're doing just as Abraham did and would do. But now, you know, you're saying saying you've been following God the, the Father. And now here I am. God has shown up on the scene. And look at how you're responding to me. And Jesus is in essence saying the way you're responding to me to me right now, right now in the present, this demonstrates how you've actually been responding to God in the past. And so when Jesus arrived on the scene, there were already Jews who had God as their father. These people were faithful men and women who feared God and honored him, his word and his law. When God in Christ then arrived on the scene, they would naturally hear his voice and listen to him since they had already been listening to and learning from the Father, right? So this is just, I think, there's a, there's a condition of people. I think you can look at it. There's two, I mean, maybe more, but two conditions of people, at least, that were already there on the scene when Jesus arrived. One condition was people who were following in the footsteps of the faith of Abraham, people who were not hardening their heart in disbelief of whatever light and revelation they had available to them through Moses and the prophets. They were responding accurately, correctly to that. They were what? Hearing and learning from the Father, okay, before Jesus showed up, right? There was that category of people. The other category were, you know, which ended up being a large, the majority of Israel, of Jews, who they had had God's light and revelation in Moses and the prophets. And what had they done with it? They had hardened their hearts. They had rejected it. Go read through Isaiah and it'll, you, you can kind of see this process. They disbelieved over and over. And so the Jews now are finding themselves, many of them, in this hardened and blinded condition. Both one, because they hardened and disbelieved in the first place. And as a result, God, I think, give, gave them over to their blindness and hardness. And so I, I believe that there is actually purposes, sovereign purposes at work. And if I think if you, if you understand this, you're going to understand Romans 9 is what I would contend. So there were hardened Jews who had not been hearing and learning from the Father. And the way that these people were revealed, the, the litmus test that showed which category you were in was how you responded to Jesus. If when Jesus showed up, you you disbelieved, you rejected him, you said he is speaking, you know, he has Satan, he's a demon, he's casting out demons by the prince of demons, whatever, you know, basically the rejection of him was the litmus test that demonstrated how you had been dealing with the previous revelation of God. And so I think anyone who approaches the book of John needs to understand that this book assumes that there was a whole category of people who were already walking faithfully faithfully with God before Jesus arrived on the scene. So sometimes when I say this, people just, I don't know why, I can't comprehend, but it seems like many Calvinists will kind of have this knee jerk, like, what are you talking about? Like, you're saying they're good, God-fearing people, like nobody is good, no one's righteous, no, not one. And I just think they're like missing what I'm saying somehow. And so, 
I just want to, again, clarify, think about this. People, were there not people like David and Abraham, faithful Jews, people who were already walking with the light that they had when Jesus showed up? That's the kind of people I'm talking about. I'm not talking about people regenerating themselves or or raising themselves from spiritual death or something like that. And so for whatever reason, when I've mentioned this in the past, it seems like that's sort of the the misunderstanding that that can come from it. So I just wanted to clarify that real quick. So these people, I would argue, were people. So the ones he's referencing in John 6, when he says, nobody can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Then he says, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. I think he's referencing people who already belong to God as his sheep, who were following the voice of the shepherd just as David did. So think of Psalm 23. God was already a shepherd for those who feared him, right? It wasn't it wasn't until, you know, it's not like God waited until Jesus showed up that then there was the the shepherd of people. But there were people, both Jews and I'd say Gentiles, who were in some sense not not hardening their hearts and responding to the who were walking in faith. Let's just put it that way. Feared the Lord, walking in faith listening and learning from the Father. So these were people that were already God's sheep. They were already a part of his flock that he had been tending to. Again, as David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So there were already sheep in the community of Israel, sheep of God. So when Jesus showed up, think about this. What does Jesus say? My sheep hear my voice. Well, who are his sheep? Well, it's those who have already who the father has already been tending to, those who are already a part of the father's flock, the Davids, the the Moseses, the Noahs, the Joshuas, the, you know, the Ruths, the, the believers, those who had faith, who were his sheep already. And so these people, Jesus is trying to communicate to us, when Jesus arrived on the scene, when the shepherd, the great shepherd actually appeared in flesh, what would demonstrate whether these people were sheep or not, whether they had been previously already following the voice of the shepherd, God, what would demonstrate that would be how they responded to Jesus. Those who rejected, disbelieved, demonstrated that they had not been following the voice of God. So, so far, I hope you can see that I do not see anything in this that would suggest that this is talking about an unconditionally elect people, a category of people that God pre-selected before the foundation of the earth, that this person is going to be drawn, this person is going to be drawn, this person will be passed over. I think the context demonstrates that that's not at all what he had in mind. So when Jesus mentions, I'm going to go on with my response here. So when Jesus mentions no one can come to me unless the Father draws them, I believe this is entirely consistent with with this theme that I'm describing that you see woven throughout the entire gospel. No one can come to me unless the Father draws him equals if you were children of Abraham, you could do the works of Abraham. So what would have made these people children of Abraham? That God unconditionally elected them for the foundation of the world? <laughs> no. What decides, determines if you're a child of Abraham is if you believe. So if you had been previously believing the Father, then right now you would also believe me. That would be the natural outworking of the faith that you already have. And so the fact that you are not coming to me, you're not being drawn to me, demonstrates that you have not been hearing and learning from me or, or hearing and learning from the Father. 
So again, no one can come to me unless the Father draws him. I would say is equivalent to, if you believed Moses, you would believe me. So again, if you had been hearing and learning from the Father, or in this case, if you had been hearing and learning from Moses, if you had been believing Moses, then you would be believing me. You would be drawn to me right now. No one can come to me unless the Father draws him. Who does he draw? Those who have heard and learned from the Father. Who are those who have heard and learned from the Father? Those who have been believing Moses, believing Abraham, and walking in their footsteps. So last one, no one can come to me unless the Father draws him. And also, whoever has heard and learned from the Father comes to me is the equivalent to, if God were your Father, you would love me. So how do we get God as our Father? Is it by just hoping that we were unconditionally elect before the foundation of the world? No, through belief. Those who believe are are made children of God, as, as the Gospel of John says. So what determined whether these people were loving Jesus, what determined whether these people were being drawn to Jesus, was if they were children of God already, aka if they had been believing him, if they had been following the voice of the shepherd, if they had been hearing and learning from the Father already, then when, you know, if they had already been hearing and learning from God, listening to him, listening to his voice, then obviously, naturally, when God arrived on the scene, they would naturally continue in that and be drawn to him. They would hear and recognize his voice and just move along into deeper, further revelations and understanding of him. So to wrap this up, this is kind of the last, this is the last portion here of the response again that I gave to Jeff Durbin, which says, Jesus knew that there were Jews who were already being taught by God, fearing him and serving him. Those who were already hearing and learning from the Father would be drawn along into deeper revelations about God, namely a revelation of Jesus as the Messiah and the word of God. But to those who, like the Pharisees and religious elite who had been abusing the word of God and not accurately posturing their hearts before God, these people would not recognize Jesus when he showed up, being that they had not been priorly hearing from and learning from the Father. So if you got triggers going off when I say those who had not been accurately posturing their hearts before God, I just recommend going back and watching some of my videos about faith and the fact that faith is diametrically opposed to works. Faith is not works. Believing is not regenerating yourself and it is not bringing yourself up from the dead. And so I just think hopefully go, if you're struggling with what I just said there, which I know many of you will be, I would just encourage you to go and watch through some of those other videos where I think maybe it will help give some clarity. Not that you will necessarily be convinced or agree, but at least you'll kind of understand where I'm coming from and why I have no problem talking about accurately posturing your heart to God in a response to him. So John communicates this consistent theme in his book that Jesus was a sort of litmus test. And by his appearing, preaching, teaching, and miracles, he would make evident who had and who had not been walking in a true humility before God and a sincere faith and belief in the law and the prophets. Those of the religious leadership who did not recognize who he was or listen to him showed and that they had, in reality, not been walking in truth before God or believing the scriptures. If they had been, they would have recognized and followed Jesus. I don't know if anyone will read this. That's how I, I ended this comment. But I hope someone gets something out of it. 
And that's the case today. I don't know if anybody will watch this, but hopefully somebody will and get something out of it. And hopefully you can see that I believe there are much better and more contextually consistent ways of handling John 6 than the way that Jeff Durbin handled it in this post and the way that Calvinists like him tend to handle it. There's ways of handling it and interpreting it that don't ultimately conclude God as being the ultimate cause of all rejection of the gospel and all disbelief in Christ. So if you're enjoying all these Calvinism-related videos and haven't subscribed yet, make sure to do that. I will be continuing to put more out and feel free to put your questions in the comments if you have questions, if you have other topics you'd like me to maybe talk about, whether, I mean, whether it's related to Calvinism or, or something else. But I know with this, I know there's a lot of questions around Calvinism, and I know you can you know, tackle one passage like this one, and there's still, you know, four or five others that'll pop up in its place. And so if there's some of those that might, might be popping up in your minds and, and you would like me to share my thoughts on, let me know. So anyways, if you've made it this far in the video, thank you for watching. Again, I hope it was helpful. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Mm -hmm.